I'm its generational host, Lauren Berry, and I am wishing you a happy Earth Month. We've covered environmental issues on this podcast before, including how overwhelming it can feel to try to help protect the environment. It is possible to make a difference. Recently, I talked with Chuck McBride, a producer for Odyssey Stations in Chattanooga, Tennessee. After tornadoes hit his area, Chuck found a way to step up for his community and the planet. So you partnered with the Tennessee Environmental Council to give away 550 trees in the Chattanooga community. So how did you learn about this project and how did you get involved with it? Yeah, it is. It's the Tennessee Environmental Council. And since 2007, they've been doing this thing called Tennessee Tree Day every year on March 18th. And I first heard about it after we had tornadoes here um, and our house was damaged and many of the communities were damaged in terms of trees. And they have a website and each year uh, in February up to a certain date, you can go on it and reserve trees. For some trees, there is a nominal fee, but it simply pays the cost of shipping them and getting them to the sites. Um, But so we did that then. And since then, working here, I've been hearing about the company's, you know, one thing mission. And I asked around if they'd be interested in us, you know, being involved in something like this. And the two go hand in hand. So uh, we decided to do it. And, you know, we set up at a lot and had people be able to come and pick up the trees that they had reserved from us. And what kind of responses did you get from the people who were recipients of the trees? Were they over the moon? Oh, yeah, it was great. I mean, people were just really excited about it. Um, You know, sometimes they were surprised. Occasionally, people think that they're going to be a lot bigger because they're just seedlings. But, you know, everybody's excited about being involved in something that's good for the community and the environment. And it was also nice just being able to shake hands with our listeners and meet people. Uh, Stickman, one of the DJs on US 101, um, was talking about it as we were doing it on the air, and we were actually able to have some listeners come by because they had heard him talking about it, and they were just so excited to be able to come and pick up because we had happened to have some extra trees, and we were also able to let them meet us and tell them about the stations and, you know, see us being involved in the community. So it was a lot of fun, you know, just meeting average listeners and getting to hear, you know, what they were doing and all of us being involved in this good thing. And we know that trees are important to the environment. Well, obviously they're uh, uh, literally the environment for a lot of native species that we want to keep around. Um, It's their home, but, you know, I, I just, obviously there's the environmental effect in terms of uh, carbon dioxide and oxygen, but, More so, I think the idea of being able to rebuild everything and it not look like a uh, damaged war zone. And, you know, after something like that happens, people are hurt and they need a way to heal. And, you know, to grow something new in place of what you lost is a great way to affect that. So when we first heard that the Tennessee Environmental Council was doing this, it was like, oh, wow, what a what a relief, you know, what a great thing that they happen to be doing this after we just had this devastating thing happen to us. But then I found out that they do it, you know, every year. And so this year we were able to get Odyssey involved and it went great. 
That was Chuck McBride with Odyssey stations in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, including Rock 105 and 98.1 The Lake. I'd also like to share a little bit of a conversation we had about climate change earlier this year with a panel of its generational guests. This talk includes Susan Messing, a young baby boomer, improv comedian, and teacher, Gen X news anchor Steve Chiatakis, millennial multimedia producer Mallory Samara, and Gloria Oladipo, a Gen Z reporter and playwright. It also features expert guest Matthew Ballou, a research specialist at the Yale Program on Climate Change Communication. Enjoy. To sprinkle in a smidge of hope and optimism, I I think it is there's something very beautiful about the tradition of taking care of the earth that is now finding a new life and a new voice. Yes. Um, but also, you know, the new ways in which people are articulating these sort of issues around climate change and just sort of like the future we want to see when it comes to the earth. Like, I think there's like a real sort of, um, there's like a lot of literature and like art and, you know, and even in things like religious texts, I think it's really interesting to see sort of these, you know, very clear statements about like taking care of the earth. Like we are each other, brothers keepers, like the planet is what we have. Um, and finding those be sort of the backbone of a lot of these newer, uh, movements around climate activism, including like the sunrise movement, um, an action for climate education, which I was a part of as a little, as a wee one. Um, and just sort of other sort of youth movements or even those, even those kids that like, you know, or what are they like? They who like chained themselves in front of the White House or something like you know the and and uh, the Trimper, men who are indigenous right? movements as well and the ones yeah or something like that like Greta. oh Greta, yes Miss Greta and and you know and, and there are others and a lot of like the more indigenous youth as well yeah the kids are and, all right and youth from right because you know what I mean so it is a beautiful thing and just the legacy of, like art and storytelling around like climate activism that is now being used to educate people even further. There is a selfishness among older people, especially. And it, it's not just, I think, limited to to wealthier people. I think it's older people who, who generally think, well, I'm not going to be here much longer. You know, how much longer am I going to be? Who cares if the, you know, and and if you care about your children, if you care about, if you just have any sense of, of empathy for anybody on the planet, you look at it and you're like, I want to leave this place. I mean, maybe not better than I found it, but at least not whole either. So, I mean, at the very least, um, and I just I just think that we have trouble. Uh, I mean, what the, the problem is we have trouble getting that through. But the problem is, I think it's been made such a political issue, even with just with this ca- gas stove debate, you know, which which isn't really a debate. Somebody put out a study about asthma that you're you're more likely children are more likely to have asthma if they grew up in, in homes with gas stoves. And it's like and then somebody at the Department of something, you know, in Joe Biden's cabinet said, well, maybe it's something that we entertain going way forward, but we're not going to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, it's out of my cold, dead hands. You're not going to take my gas stove. And it's like, Jesus, why can't we just I mean, not politicize something if it's not good for you. I mean, if if you go out there and say lead is bad for you and there's lead in paint. And so we're going to stop lead in paint. People would be like, no, I want my lead in my paint. I want to be able to have lead. It's like, what's going on with our brains? I remember watching the movie An Inconvenient Truth when I was in middle school and talking to classmates who thought that climate change was fake. As I've gotten older, it seems like more and more people accept that it is a real thing. Over the last decade, Americans have become more accepting of climate change and more worried about it, um, and also seeing it as 
mostly human caused. So that understanding has been on the rise. And so we know right now that about 72% of Americans say they believe in climate change and 64% say they are worried about it. Um, But what we have been noticing, there's some signs of this in the last couple of years, actually right around when the pandemic started, um, that levels of acceptance and worry have it, you know, then following the momentum upward that we were seeing over the last decade. And in some instances, they might even be showing some signs of decline. Um, So we see that that momentum slowing a little bit. And we actually just released our politics and policy report today. Um, And so it's very timely. And if you go in and see that report, you'll see, you know, this is a very politically polarizing issue in the U.S. specifically. So it's very divisive among Democrats and Republicans. And you'll see if you ever, you know, look at our trend graphs over time, you'll see that there is a certain segment of the U.S. population that's really, you know, keeping down that overall belief in climate change in the whole U.S. public. And that's specifically conservative Republicans. And they tend to deviate more from, um, you know, their party as a whole compared to, you know, Democrats who are, you know, more liberal Democrats versus moderate Democrats. And so there's a bigger difference between moderate and conservative Republicans than moderate and liberal Democrats. And so that could be part of it too. Um, you know, the misinformation in the public, all that's being, you know, fed into people's minds about, you know, conspiracies, for instance, that climate change is a hoax. Um, so that is a wrench that's thrown into this momentum just in the general public. I mean, I have a lot of empathy even for the climate naysayers because on one, I mean, me, I myself, just to be, for those who are, I am, I believe in climate change before, you know, don't flood my DMs. <laughs> and, but I, I have empathy in the sense of like, one, I do think that the sort of, I, like there's almost two narratives coming out at the same time when it comes to climate change on media. Is that like one, there's very stark limitations to individual action, like, being vegan and like using bamboo paper as toilet paper can only do so much. But then two is that like the argument that, you know, politicians have specifically manipulated all the things that will change if we start to take care of the planet, like you'll lose your jobs. And even more importantly that I don't even think that a majority of people actually believe that thing. I just think that like there is like a, and there's a hyper focus on those who do not believe or support climate change to make it seem as it's more divisive than it is. And I don't think, I don't think it's very divisive. I think people, a lot of people believe in climate change as it impacts their own individual communities. And even with the people, the gas stove individuals, like, I don't think, I think if many people, if you told someone like, Hey, like your gas stove could cause your kid asthma, which I think is interesting because I also had a gas stove in my house. And I think I a lot of people do. Yeah. Like, right. I do. I know. And I'm like, man, like, I guess, well, you know, damn. Uh, but I, I think so a lot of people are probably thinking to themselves, like, well, how am I going to afford an electric one? Like, you know, another thing the government's trying to, like, control and, like, tell me about what they're not giving a solution for. So I almost feel, I, I, I almost feel like a lot of the sort, of, and also just something a lot of people are, like, going home at night and, like, staying awake over their gas stove and, and wanting, and they, like, like, sitting in front of it trying to, like, keep that installed in their house. But yeah, in terms of, I have a lot of empathy for people in the sense of just like, I think that there is a lot of manipulation in the media where we hyper focus on people who are like the very end and like are the people who like are not with it versus like everyone else who I think is just probably like, 
either A, not even really thinking a ton about this, or B, is just kind of like has legitimate concerns. It's like, how am I going to be ushered into the new change uh, that has to be required now? I mean, see what happened in L.A. during the pandemic. What happened in L.A.? The air got clear. Because people were driving less. It was as simple as that. And they're starting to realize that people can work remotely at least part of the week and that it's not necessary. Now, you know, maybe maybe some of those homeless people can be in some of those huge office buildings that are three quarters empty right now. I mean, certain ways to, you know, use, reuse recycle, repurpose a lot of things. You know, I, it kind of pissed me off how they always promise Olympic villages will go back to the people who lived in those neighborhoods who, who were kicked out of their homes only to have them inoperable and empty, you know, years later, it always surprises me and it shouldn't surprise me, but it always does. I'm I'm hoping that we can get to this place where we're, it's like, you know, like Gloria was saying, it's, less shaming of people who are, who just don't, maybe don't have the resources or don't know how they can, you know, cut back on certain things that, that contribute to climate change. I think hopefully we're moving into a place of more understanding and clarity and um, just hopefully more people having the resources to, to see what we can do. Thank you for listening to this special Earth Day. It's generational extra. I'd like to thank Chuck McBride, Susan Messing, Steve Chiatakis, Mallory Samara, Gloria Oladipo, and Matthew Ballou. To listen to the full It's Generational panel discussion about climate change, you can subscribe to the podcast or you can look for the episode, Is It Hot on This Planet or Is It Just Us? You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.